Turn your Bible this evening to the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, if you had not been there in a while, it's east of Proverbs. Ecclesiastes, let's go to chapter 4. Uh, Sunday we ministered on cooperation. And I retitled it, but I, I'm now I'm titling it The Big Benefits of a Little Cooperation. The Big Benefits of a Little Cooperation. How many of y'all know we can do that? We can cooperate. That every time we don't or fail to or miss the, the thing, it was a failure. Cooperation is always the plan of heaven. What we're mostly doing is trying to cooperate with heaven. What he's telling us, how to sow, how to give, how to be kind, how to forgive. Uh, we're endeavoring to cooperate with heaven. We come to church because that cooperates with heaven. It makes a difference. So um, I looked up the word cooperation. I didn't last Sunday, but I looked it up today. And it says it's the working or acting together for a common purpose or benefit. It is a joint action, joint action. It is the working or acting together for a common purpose or benefit, cooperation. It is a joint action. It is the working or acting together for a common purpose or benefit. The working together, working together. So it's work to cooperate. It's not always our natural inclination. We're very singular. We're all got flesh, and the flesh likes to take care of the flesh. <laughs> uh, love can move off of that, but the flesh, if you leave it alone, it'll take care of itself. It's the narcissistic part of, of our old man. So cooperation is the working or acting together for a common purpose. So when we cooperate with the Lord, he's always got a purpose. And he wants us to join that purpose so that it'll be common. So it'll be joint. So it'll be together. So the Lord's got a real good track record of doing good. He does good. He, his, his plans always work. His, his stories always come out on the high side. So our job then would be to cooperate with him that's flawless and failure proof and never, uh, never misled anything or anybody. Cooperation. Say that word with me, please. Cooperation. All right, we're just going to let that settle in right now. We all can do better. Maybe not, maybe not more, but we can be more uh, aware of where the Lord is asking us to join up with Him. A joint operation, a joint action. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it talks about this. And it says in chapter 4, verse 9, would you look there with me? Let's read it in the King James. Do the best you can if you don't have that. Ready, read. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Let's read it again. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. So the key here, and I, I say it all the time, if you're around me at all, I say two is better than one. So we, we need relationships. Because you're not as good as you think. As good as you are, you can be better with somebody else. Even if they're just a half, a half, uh, half speed, it'll still be better. The uh, new living, look what it says here. Two people are better off than one. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Succeed. Well, isn't that what you and I want, is to succeed? 
Well, he said the key to succeeding is not necessarily corporate or financial or uh, uh, charisma. He said it's relationships. It's two is better than one. So that's why tonight, no matter how it looks or feels, we've got two or more here and it's better than one. You're better off tonight. You're better off in your life because of River Church, because the Bible says that two or more is better than one. The Lord Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name. So that's obviously powerful. The word says that one can put a thousand to flight in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, but two can put 10,000 to flight. So that's a tenfold increase. That's what the word the world calls exponential. All these things shall be added to you is what it happens in Matthew 6, but cooperation and unity has a greater power. It's exponential. So tenfold more. So if I hook up with you, I can move 100 pounds of this and you can move 100 pounds, but together we can move 1,000. It's just so powerful. And yet we go, well, okay, that's a theory or that's an image or that's a thought, but... Uh, if we can put it into practice, it'll change your life. I would even say that things that are not right in our lives are not because of the devil and not so much because of the flesh, although this enters in. But a lot of times it's just because we don't see the opportunity of another person in our lives. We'd rather be safe. We'd rather be safe. The today's English says two are better off than one because together they can work more effectively. So good as you and I are by ourselves, if you and I get together, we can be even more effective. One, one version, this one here, the living, I like this. It says two can accomplish more than twice as much as one. So there's the exponential factor. One plus one is more than two. Is that right? And for the results can be much better. The message translation, it's kind of homey. It says it's better to have a partner than go it alone. Well, yay. And then if you go to verse 10, it says in the King James, for if they fall. So here's the, this is why two are better than one. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him. Now look. Woe to him that is alone when he falleth. It doesn't say if he falleth. Everybody's going to fall. You're going to fall. I have already fell many times. For he hath not another to help him up. I, I want to I always talk about things that help people. You know, talk about don't lie, don't steal, and, you know, stay away from those people. That, that's all. But we already know that. We already know that. If we got Holy Ghost in us, we know what's right and wrong. And you don't need some preachers up here barking about that. But what we're looking for is the mysteries, the secrets, the treasures that are hidden from the world and hidden for us that we just flip the switch. We just engage. We just enter into that. And all of a sudden our life flourishes. You think, well, we're just Christians and we're just filled with God. So we'll just flourish anyway. There's some dumb Christians out there like a rock like a post. Y'all know those dumb Christians? They're born again, and that's all, they, that's all they have, is I'm going to heaven. I hope. I hope. 
I've had I've been around a lot of Christians lately that I've known for many years and I've heard them say out of their own mouth, I hope I've done enough. And they, they, they've been Christians 60 years, 70 years or whatever. So let's qualify two is better than one. That would be not just two, but two would be better than one if they can cooperate. Oh, there's another factor there. If you can agree, if you can submit to one another, everybody wants to be boss. Everybody wants to have the last word. Everybody wants to, uh, uh, for you to agree with me. So that's not what cooperate means. It means that not necessarily that we have to each give something. One of you might be completely right. And the other one, like I said, the dummy. So we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to give in to something that's not true, but we're going to cooperate in finding the truth. And that's what we do every service is that we, we all cooperate and, and let the Holy Ghost tell us what's true. Because it's not sermons that set you free. It's the truth that sets you free. So it doesn't matter if we just rattle off, you know, the begats. That'll be true, yeah. He was the father of that, and he was the father of that, but that doesn't set you free. It's the truth that sets us free. So uh, turn with me to James chapter 3. We won't be here on this long. Because you all see it. I've said enough right now that we all see the whole message. That's where you say amen. <laughs> well, you've already seen it. You could get up here right now, give, give you three minutes. You could get up here and exhort the brethren with this very message because we all have it in us. It's just that it fades away sometimes. Or people, which is all we're cooperating with, heaven and, and people, sometimes they make us where we justify not cooperating. That would be Christians justified not cooperating with God, saying, well, I do the word, but, and then they go. Or, or married couples that don't cooperate. They don't have enough money to get divorced, and they don't have anywhere to go and separate, and so they're together, but they're not cooperating. Y'all ever heard of those? Yeah, we've heard about them. Uh, in James chapter, let's see, chapter 3, verse 14. Now, look at this. This is way powerful on the other side. This makes you want to cooperate. It says, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts. Well, that'd be the opposite of cooperation, wouldn't it? Glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom. So isn't it funny that bitter envying and strife is a type of wisdom? It's a mode of operation. It's a way of life. It's a, have y'all ever noticed? Can I say this? If you ever look at the president, he looks mad and mean. Just, just watch him on TV. I, I'm not for him against him. I mean, for the president. But he's, he's just mad all the time. Well, that's a wisdom. Y'all never noticed? Well... Y'all don't watch TV, and he hadn't come to town yet, so that's what it is. Uh, but it says this wisdom. So whatever kind of wisdom we attach ourselves to, it changes your countenance. It changes your approach. It changes your outlook. You, you expect things different based on the wisdom that you're in. We were talking about uh, before service about uh, the coming of the Lord. And if you don't believe he's coming in the next 20 years and you don't know that you're going to live more than 
20 or 30 more years. Uh, you have a different wisdom or a different perspective than someone that thinks he's around the corner. Don't buy green bananas. Anyway, that went over. Hallelujah. Verse 15, this wisdom, the wisdom of what? Bitter envying and strife in your hearts descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual. Say that last word. Yes. Devilish. Whatever you got in yours, something demonic in some. This wisdom descendeth not from above. So there's a wisdom that does ascend from above. Descends, excuse me. D descends from above. But it, it's not this. It is earthly. What, what, is, what do y'all's versions say? Sensual. That's, that's, yes, that's in the King James. What's another one? What have you got, Melissa? Devilish. Okay. Well, there's different things there. It's in another translation. And then in verse 16, he goes on. He's not through with us. For where envying and strife is, this is it. There is confusion and every evil work. There is confusion and every evil work. So if you don't want to be moved by the exponential of two is better than one, then you ought to get motivated here that if you don't cooperate or with whatever you fail to cooperate with and even become competition and comparison, then you're going to have... <laughs> confusion and every evil work. Y'all know anybody, any Christians, any people going to heaven, loving Jesus all the way, and their lives are full of confusion and every evil work. Well, why is that? Well, we don't have to even wonder. It's strife and envying. I looked up, I knew y'all asked, so I, asked, I looked up what strife, the word strife is in the Greek. No, no, excuse me, I looked up strife in the dictionary, and it means discord, struggle, clash. Can you think back in your memory? Don't, don't touch nothing. But to say, I, I had a little discord, I had a little struggle, and I had a little clash. I can tell you what it says. It says, uh, uh, where that is, there is confusion in every evil work. So we're real quick to blame the devil for everything that's bad. And, and there's plenty that he does. But he's not near as powerful as everybody gives him credit for. I said he's not that much. So he tricks us or deceives us, whatever the word is. He really can't even deceive us. He just offers an option. And if we have got a wisdom that doesn't descend from above, we might take that option. The... Uh, the Amplified says there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion. Now, rebellion's a tough word, y'all. From envying and strife comes rebellion. I wonder why Christians are meaner than a junkyard dog. wonder why they just can't get along. You, you just wonder, are you a Christian? Are you, are you him? Are you full of the life of God, greater is he that is in you? Well, it's not them. It's that they've bit into that thing of confusion in every evil work. And it's operating. The way I know that is because the Word says it. The Word says it. So if you and I have ever had trouble and I've had my share, I, I wouldn't talk about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go through it, but I've had enough confusion and evil work for me to know it's bad. Don't want it. 
So in this case, in this case, say a married couple or someone that's in the church that's just horsey, just wet on a nettle, got a burr under their saddle, whatever you want to say, just cranky. And like I said, the president, you can just tell he, he's, he needs to go home and watch the cartoons or something. He needs to get happy. He needs some, something going on. Because whenever he stands up, he's, he's just, y'all look at him sometime. He's not the only one. I've looked at uh, Christians. Uh, I kind of do this. You, you look at people to know what's really in them. And you find people that their face, they're at rest. They're at rest. They're not engaged in anything. They're not thinking about anything. They're at rest. They're just, well, you've been there where you're just at rest and you're just there. You can look at their countenance and you know that's what's going on. Now, that's not scientific. That's just my opinion. And then, you know, and you've seen people that uh, uh, on broadcasts where they zoom in. Well, let's talk to Johnny Bob here. And they zoom in and Johnny Bob is there waiting in the studio for the camera to come on or whatever. And he's. But suddenly they say, you're on, Johnny. He's all smiles, you know. Can't we turn it on and turn it off? Well, it's really already in there. So we're either cooperating with God or we're not. And the word says when we're not, there's confusion and every evil work, which includes rebellion, Re includes uh, dis unrest and disharmony. Uh, so two is not necessarily better than one. Two that are cooperating is better than one. Whoo, exponentially powerful. I'm telling you, you get a couple that are on the same page, that love Jesus, that love their kids, love the word, just like that. You can't get a wedge between them. You can't get a straw between them. They are tighter than a banjo string. And they are powerful. I'm talking about powerful. But you get a couple that's just cohabitating. Just, I'm with you, but I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know any of those people. But there's no, there's no cooperation. There's no agreement. There's no submitting. And that's where you get the submitting issues, where Ephesians tells us to submit ye one to another. It's not even a husband and wife thing. It's submit ye one to another. We, to cooperate, we have to come under. We have to agree. We have to find a common ground. You can't have your way and my way if they're not both the same way. Somebody's going to have to give or just agree to disagree. I've done that before. I, I don't agree with you, but we'll just say, good enough. I love you, and we'll, we'll go on. We'll pick this up another time when the Lord shows you something. <laughs> when, you, when you turn on your brain cell or, or whatever. So let's just say this. Let's just, we're just talking about this powerful principle. Cooperation is a decision in the will. It's a decision. Say it with me. It is a decision. Better than that. Cooperation is a decision. Well, if it's a decision, then it's not the devil. It's not because God just gave us a half measure of his grace. The new man's just half there. The old man's half there. That's not it. It's, it's a decision in the will. I decide to cooperate. 
people that don't cooperate usually think that they need to fight for their share. That's my observation. They have to fight for for what they're going to get because they're at some sort of disadvantage in life, at work or in their marriage or in church, and they have to show out. They have to uh, be gregarious or, or whatever in order to to get what they don't think is theirs. The truth is, when you know who you are, you know what you have, and you don't have to, you don't have to fuss, stand your ground, or anything. You just move on because who you are will bring you what you need and what you can do. It'll bring it. It's part of the package. It's just like it, this car I'm selling you has four tires, and you don't have to wonder when you come back at three o'clock to pick it up if I've put one in the shop. It's going to have the whole thing. It's part of it. And so cooperation is the decision of the will. So that means I can do it. I can do it. I can cooperate. I can submit. I can come under. I can agree. I can do that. It's not that I have to be right. Matter of fact, being right is highly overrated. It's, it's not even the highest thing. Uh, being in agreement is not the same as, as being in unity. We can be in unity without being in agreement. I can just agree to be in unity with you, even though I don't necessarily agree. But, but people have got it like, well, if I don't agree, we're at war. So they don't cooperate. And the word says that half of your life, or even ten, two can put 10,000 to flight, 10 times of whatever your potential is, is locked up in somebody that you don't agree with. Therefore, you're not going to cooperate, agree, submit, or come under. You're just not going to do it because, bless God, that's just not right. Well, I can hardly tell you all the things that I discovered later on in life that I believe that weren't right. That's where the next amen goes. We all know that uh, in the moment we thought we were right and we intended to be right and we were passionate about it, but later on you find out you were wrong as rain and it, it just what that's not the way it was. And it's what you do then that determines the future. If you change and say, I'm going to start cooperating. I, I don't like how that turned out. That was confusion and every evil work. And I don't like that. I don't want that. I don't, that's not good for life. You know, we eat well, we study well, we, we pleasure well, all those things. But then we blow it all up by saying, I don't agree. Let's go to war. It's just like, really? Go to war? Over what? Well, so that I can be right. <laughs> well, today I'm just not in the mood to say you're right, but I am in the mood to say, ah, baby, let's, uh, let's go get some ice cream. <laughs> we can always agree on ice cream. <laughs> so when, even when you don't agree, you agree to move forward. Now, just think about anybody in, in your life or somebody you know's life that left somebody behind because they had a disagreement and it became so vehement and became so raucous that you just couldn't abide them. And I'm telling you, two is better than one. So if you leave the two there, if you leave the half of the two there and just say, I can't go with you because I don't agree. 
I don't see it your way. I don't like how you think. I don't like how you've done. I don't like how you think you're going to do. I don't like it. I don't want it. I don't, it's not me. Well, it doesn't have to be you. It's them. It's not you. You can live for God. There's lots of women that have lived for God and had sorry, no good husbands that threatened them. If you tithe, I will break your neck. And so they have to sneak around with their grocery money and buy stuff on sale so they can. And I, yeah, it's, it's, we just don't even know the stories of women that have been put down by some hard-headed man because they just couldn't come into agreement. But you can cooperate. And there's lots of marriages. I know of a lot. I could list you a pretty good load of them right here where they don't agree, but they cooperate, they agree, they submit, and they come under one another, and it works. What, what happens when you get a Jew married to a Catholic? You think there's not a little bit of discussion going on there, or uh, what, all the combinations I could list here? It's not even sometimes good between a Methodist and Baptist, and they're practically... You know what, you know what I'm saying? We have to get to the other side. We cannot be justified and say, but I'm right. He's wrong. She's not right. Therefore, it's what follows the therefore that's going to determine what kind of life you have. We need somebody. Now, Psalm 1 tells us, you know, don't sit in the council of those people and don't, don't be with those people. So we're not talking about everybody. You don't need everybody, but you need somebody. And I believe when we pray out the plan, the Lord lines up people the right people to be in your life where two is better than one. I tell you, uh, I have mentors in my past. Charles Capps was one of my first ones. I needed him. He didn't even know me. He, doesn't, he, didn't, he never knew me. I was in his meetings. And then uh, Dr. Cole, I mean, he's just... Without him, I don't know. I know the Lord got it another way, but I needed him, and two became better than one for me. I couldn't get there by myself. And then Pastor Buzzy, just a dear, dear man in my life, because he came along right when I was at a pivot point, and the Lord just fished me out and put me on a high place, and it changed everything. So uh, that wisdom came from above, is what I'm trying to say. And I didn't settle. Matthew 25, 21 says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee master over much. The key word there is the word faithful. That means easily persuaded to believe. So we can cooperate if we'll get easily persuaded to believe. Y'all have ever known men, men that got into their 50s or 60s or something, and they're just hardened. Maybe their daddy, and this is real common, their daddy didn't know how to tell them when they were little, I love you, or go with them, or do anything with them. If you were a daughter, they, they never paid any attention. You were mama's job, and they didn't pay any attention. And it's just really a missing thing that is just, just uh, uh, it's very debilitating on all of us not to have our father in our life. And they're just hard, and you, you try to talk to them. You try to get them born again before they die. And it's just like, it just almost has to break them open before they'll give in. 
You can just see that hardness and that that having fought all their life to be right and to hold their ground and to be strong and not be weak and not be a man that's wimpy, wimpy, that goes to church and all those things that weak men do. And a lot of them just go out into eternity. And I'm not discounting women, but we, we, we all can think of somebody. Y'all can think of somebody. Yeah, we, we can. So we have to agree to move forward. I agree to move forward. We got to agree to move forward. I got to cooperate. I got to, I got to like, I, I can look straight at you and not say a word and be thinking, you are wrong, wrong, wrong. This is not it. It's not the way it is. It'll never be that way. I know you're wrong. Well, baby, let's go out to supper tonight <laughs> or whatever. Hey, friend, let's come over to my barbecue. You're like, well, does that mean that you're giving in? Never. But to be a lover of truth, you just get past them and say, I can live my truth without having him live my truth. And then it works. Because I'll tell you, he's got things, or she, that you need. This is not where you split over this thing or that thing. You get past that because they are a wellspring of wealth and value and worth of revelation and insight that you have no idea about because you think they're all, the whole total of their life is what you disagree with them about. And it's not. Aren't you glad that you and I didn't get X'd off because somebody didn't like us one time and the whole world had to go? I'm telling you, I've, I have messed up. We, we call it, well, I don't think we can say that anymore. <laughs> But we used to say out in the farm, it's like peeing in your drinking water. It's just dumb. <laughs> well, you ever seen livestock? They'll do that. They'll, they'll, they'll do that, and then they'll go drink in it. So how much trouble, how much bitterness, how much uh, uh, angst are you and I willing to endure before we finally give in and say, okay, I give up. I'll cooperate with you. I'm not saying I'm right. You're right. I'm not saying... I'm not giving anything, but I'm going to cooperate with you just like I do agree with you. Oh, that would be they never knew that you didn't. But then someday, this is how it works. Someday the door opens and they've changed and you just slip in there. Not with I told you so, but just slip in there and says, yeah, this is how I think it is. And they go, well, yeah. And you go, well, idiot, we've been fighting 20 years over this and you're you're just now. They never saw it. Do you hear what I'm saying? They never saw it. It's not a big deal to them. It was just a big deal to you. And you missed 20 years of cooperation of two being better than one. The tenfold advantage that we have in the exponential. Slip over to oh, Romans. I want to go to Romans just for a second. Well, yay. Thank you for saying yay. <laughs> it's like yay anyway. Verse 6 says, for to be carnally minded, Romans 8, 6, for to be carnally minded is death. So that's what this thing about uh, envy and uh, confusion and every evil work, it's death. It's death. When you lose a friend or a connection or a relationship at any level, it's death. I work hard. I really do. I press. I call people. I've called someone this week about six times and they've never answered or called back. Well, actually two people I've called and 
They've never called back. Ah, that doesn't bother me at all. I'm going to call them again tomorrow. Because <laughs> they got something. I don't even know what it is. I don't even know them. But they got something I need. And I've got something. Listen, I've got something they need. And we got to connect because that may be the only way in the whole life that I can get what I need is out of that person. Well, the Lord could just download it to you. I don't know why he doesn't, but because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. You would say impossible there from what the word says. So then they that are in the flesh, the senses, cannot please God. So we're going we're gonna to extrapolate. We're going to take a little uh, uh, liberty and say, if you, are in, if you are full of envy, what, what, did, what was that word? That, uh, uh, envy and, and strife. Thank you. Where'd that go? Then you've got death. And the word says there, uh, it's death and you cannot please God. Well, I'm right. Of course I'm pleasing God because I'm right. This is the way it is. And it's my job to, to, to soldier on with right. Boy, if you destroy that relationship, if you unhook it, you disconnect it, you, 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 the Lord's not proud of that. It's death. So your friends, your relationships that the Lord sent into your life, let's just take a little jump there. If the Lord sent some people into your life, but they didn't come in with gifts and, and uh, admiration, they just came in, and you didn't know they were from the Lord, you might treat them different. But what if the Lord did send them? Why, the Word says that He sometimes entertains us with angels unaware. So how, if you can't figure that out, then how are you going to know who the Lord sent into your life that at some point in your life it changes everything? I turned around in a meeting in 1996 and met Pastor West. He told the story the other day. And it was so casual, it was so inert, it was so nothing. I'd done it over a dozen times in that very meeting. And then there was a, it was a four-day meeting. It was nothing. But then something was said. And suddenly we were connected. And, you know, except for... My precious wife, well, that's, that's my best friend in the world. And I, I don't discount any of you, and I'm not saying someone's in front of you, but, but I will say I've, I've, he's, a, he's a dear friend, and he's saved me many, many a time. He has saved me where there wouldn't have been anybody that I know of that could have saved me. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to cooperate. I'm telling you, I'm so easy going right now after studying this. I'm so easy going. If I had a motorcycle, I'd let you take it home with you. <laughs> One time, really, somebody in the church wanted to ride my motorcycle. I had a little Honda 750. Whew, I was proud of that thing. I'm talking about I had, I had my sons and then had my motorcycle. <laughs> oh, I mean, I was in a fog then. And uh, one of the church members said, I'd sure like to ride one. I said, well, come over to the house and I'll put you on it. So I did. And he dropped it. He dropped it, but he didn't tell me he dropped it. He brought it home and just said, oh, that's real nice. We got to go. <laughs> and then after he left, I looked down there and it's like, doggone. 
See, so we've all been through little things that tested us. Is that right? People that we still don't like. You ought to call them. Now, I'm just going to tell you something just off the cuff. You ought to call them and never mention that you don't, that you don't like them, that you hadn't liked them, that you, you don't even mention that. Just call them. I called someone today that I hadn't seen in 38 or 40 years. I left a message on the phone. Yeah. I'm looking this up. I found my old college roommate, and that didn't work out, but who knows what's ahead. I don't want to tell you all my stuff, but I'm just saying it's, it's better than you think. If you will get your attitude where I like everybody, you'll, the Lord will exponentially start blessing your life. I just promise you, it's in people. Wouldn't it be great to have church if we didn't have to have people? That's what, that's what pastors say. Wouldn't that be great? We'd have a great time if we didn't have to have people. And I don't say that, but I mean, that's a joke that they say. And, uh, but that's the way we feel. Is I, I know people, and I'll quit with this, that don't have any friends. And I got 10,000 Facebook friends, and like I said, they don't have any friends. And it's an indictment against us as Christians. It's not saying we don't love Jesus, but it's saying something if we don't have friends. Because he is pushing people to you and pushing you to people. And, you know, relationships, they drop something off, they pick something up, they go with you a while, then they separate and you go off with someone else. And you mostly just say, I'll see you in heaven. You can't you can't go back and dig up everybody. I'll see you in heaven and we will. And you get somebody else. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have been so faithful to send us relationships and connections and and uh, Lord, just so much that would have put us over places that we we struggled. So we just repent. I repent, Lord, of all the people that you sent that I did not recognize, that I did not discern, that I was too busy or too good to lend myself to them. And I just thank you for the blood that cleanses us all from unrighteousness. And we just say, Lord, another chance, another opportunity. We're, we're going to cooperate, submit, come under, and agree with people. Even if in our hearts we, we don't, we do in our head and we bring people along with us so that they can bring us along with them. And we give you thanks for the, your great word that you're instructing your people with. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. 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 Woohoo! Well, it's 8 o'clock. But we're going to still receive.